Welcome to the Future of Agriculture podcast, the show that explores the people, companies, and ideas that are shaping the future of agribusiness. Innovation, resourcefulness, and collaboration are essential for feeding a growing population, and we believe the agriculture industry is up for the challenge. Please welcome your host, Tim Hammerich. How's it going? Thanks so much for downloading the Future of Agriculture podcast. If this is your first episode, my name is Tim Hamrich. I'm an agribusiness recruiter and very pleased to bring you these stories every week of the people, companies, and ideas shaping the future of agriculture and agribusiness. I think I've mentioned before on this show, one of my favorite things about doing this weekly podcast is I just have a natural excuse to meet interesting people. And I definitely have met an interesting person that I'm going to share with you on the podcast today. But first, a question. What do you think? Getting all expenses paid to spend six months traveling around the world learning about agriculture. Too good to be true, right? Well, you're going to hear today that it is a real thing. It's called the Nuffield Scholarship. That is N-U-F-F-I-E-L-D, Nuffield Scholarship. I had never heard of it before um, until I met our guest today, Matt Hawken, because he is one of the current Nuffield scholars. These are not college students. It's not scholarship in that sense of the word, but these are working professionals between the ages of 22 and 45 from all around the world that are getting all expenses paid in order to travel and learn about some area of agriculture. I was uh, pleased to meet Matt at the Mixing Bull Hub Food IT event um, in the Bay Area. I've talked about on the podcast before here just this past month. Uh, was uh, very excited to hear that this scholarship exists. I'd never heard of it before. Uh, and just to meet someone from New Zealand, where he's from. Now, this scholarship has existed for many years and has been primarily for um, people from other countries. Recently, they opened it up to a certain amount of international scholars, which includes this year, the first person from the United States. So if you're listening from the United States, uh, from Canada or from several other countries, check out their, their website. You might be eligible to apply to be a future Nuffield scholar. Very, very cool. And Matt is extremely impressive. So he is a dairy farmer from New Zealand. They farm about a thousand dairy cows. Uh, and he'll tell us a little bit more about his farm. He has a wife and a couple of children that have generously allowed him to travel around the world for roughly six months learning about his research topic for as a Nuffield Scholar, which is agri-innovation. And you're going to learn a little bit more about how he's going about uh, looking at that, the countries he's visited, and how this Nuffield Scholarship can really impact uh, one's worldview and view of the agriculture industry. Uh, Matt is a uh, graduate of Cambridge University, so a very prestigious uh, academic background. He moved back to his family's farm in 2013 to begin um, his own dairy operation. So as I said, his research topic is agro-innovation, which means as part of his tour, he's going to be visiting innovative farmers, agribusinesses, and looking for examples of innovation all over the agriculture sector in numerous countries that he'll be traveling to. Uh, very, very excited to learn about the Nuffield Scholarship and to learn about uh, Matt 
and his background. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the podcast, like I said, is meeting these interesting people. And I feel like we build a, a relationship over the course of getting the interview conducted. And uh, now I feel like I can go uh, many places in the U.S. and visit a, a former podcast guest. And now I can go internationally to New Zealand uh, and visit Matt. Funny story, when I first saw him, I realized he, he's taller than me. A uh, very fit guy as well, and and uh, I asked him if he, if he played rugby, and of course I seen it here. Uh, he said yes at the time, but I see here uh, that uh, on his bio that he played rugby at a very very high level. It's a it's a pastime that I also enjoy, uh, and if if you haven't looked at the game of rugby, I may be biased here, but I think you ought to because it's a fantastic game, and uh, Matt is a is a rugger as well. So anyway, for many many reasons, I'm really pleased to have Matt on the show. So without further ado, here is Matt Hawken, one of the several current Nuffield Scholars. Really excited on the show today, we have Matt Hawken. Matt is a Nuffield scholar, and we're going to learn all about what that means. Uh, Matt, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself uh, and where you're from? Yeah, hi. Um, so I'm from New Zealand. I'm a, I'm a dairy farmer from the Manawatu, which is in the North Island of New Zealand, lower lower central North Island. And um, yeah, we've, we've, uh, I'm a, one of uh, six New Zealand Nuffield scholars, one of, one of 70 worldwide. So there's there's seven participating countries in Nuffield, and I'm about halfway through my scholarship program. And, and tell us about the scholarship program. If if people listening are like me, they'd never heard of Nuffield. Uh, but uh, basically, you are getting to spend uh, roughly six months traveling around the world learning about agriculture. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So it's a pretty exciting program, really. Uh, we've, yeah, I started... In March this year, and uh, we the way it works, it's sort of broken down into into three parts. So, um, as I said, there's 70 scholars, um, seven participating countries: New Zealand, Australia, the Netherlands, Canada, France, Ireland, and UK. And uh, there's also four international uh, scholarships awarded this year: one to the first one to the um, uh, lady from the US, and two from Brazil, one from South Africa. And so first part of the program, we all met in Brazil, in Brasilia, and we had an eight-day conference um, full of really, really great presenters, um, very, very high quality, uh, learning about ourselves, about global themes in agriculture, learning about the Brazilian agricultural uh, system. And then we get put into groups of 10, and for six weeks, we're, they're our brothers and sisters as we, as we tour around five countries. And I had, a, I had a fantastic group. We went through Chile, through the U.S., Washington, D.C., Kentucky, up to Canada, uh, across to uh, the Netherlands and Italy, and then back home for, a, for take, take our breath for, for a little while. And, and then I was back on the road. Um, doing individual travel, which is where we organize meetings, organize the places we want to see. So I've spent the last sort of month in the U.S. And by nature of it being a, a scholarship, uh, all of your expenses are paid to do this? Uh, yes, to a point. <laughs> it's not a it's not a carte blanche. It's, uh, there is a level um, of money that's awarded, and it differs a little bit country to country. Uh, but yeah, Basically, your your flights, your accommodation um, is is paid for, 
up, up to a level. And, and most scholars in New Zealand find that they do need to tap in a bit of additional money. And you also need to be um, – we're not staying in, in the Hilton and, and, and right. flying by private jet. So um, where possible, uh, there is a, there's obviously a huge Nuffield network of previous scholars that's sort of been running since the 1940s. So um, often, um, you know, we visit those people and connect with them and, and they say, look, do you want to stay? We, we don't sort of impose ourselves on them. But, um, you know, you, you often have some of your, your best um, sort of moments of, of – uh, clarity in terms of thinking, or, or or just or just enjoyable times when you're staying with farmers or you're staying with people in, in the network. So um, you do need to be a bit uh, careful in terms of your costs, but it is you know it is a, it is a decent um, scholarship to get you around the world. Right, and this is a, a scholarship not for like college students. This is for professionals, right? What what are the the ages of the typical scholar? Yeah, so I'm 38, and in New Zealand, it's typically um, done by people who are below the age of 40, although, or, or just around that sort of early 40s. And um, I mean, the, the five other New Zealanders are around that age group. There is one guy who is a bit younger, who's I think 28 or or 26. And um, but it's typically um, it's for ag- people in agriculture, so don't necessarily have to be a farmer, but you need to be um, you know a, a very much a, a part of the agricultural system. So we've got I'm a I'm a farmer. We've got a couple of other farmers. We've got a farm journalist in in this um, current crop. We've got um, somebody who works for a fertilizer company. Another one for a a, um, a farmer's insurer. So but they've all got. They've all, within their families have got tied back to the land. Um, and, uh, yeah, so a little bit different country to country. Australia, they have um, sort of some more younger people. But I guess in New Zealand, the idea is you need to go out, demonstrate that you have got some leadership ability and, and um and it is it's an application process, so you're competing obviously against some other um, high-quality people, so you kind of need to show that you've, you've done a bit. All right. Well, so I, I'm 35, and let's say by the time I'm I'm 40, I would love to have this opportunity to spend six months traveling around the world uh, as a Nuffield scholar. W- what can I do to position myself to be an attractive applicant? I mean, what are they looking for? Yeah, they. What are they looking for? I think um, they're looking for people who. I mean, the idea. Of, of the Nuffield is that you you're going overseas, you're exposed to a lot of um, information, people, ideas, um, you know, people who 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 are really at the top of their game, and and so at sorry, I should say at the end of it, also you need to write a report, so a, a ten thousand word report on on a particular research topic. So my topic is agri-innovation, um, but each, each scholar will, will have their own topic, which they've selected, you know, in consultation with Nuffield. And so the idea is that you're bringing that, that knowledge, that information, those ideas back to, back to your country. And, and as part of it will also be um, maintaining a network of those people who, you, who you've met overseas. Um, so you need to, you need to be able to, um, I guess come back and, and the idea is make a difference, give them some return on investment on mm-hmm. on giving you this scholarship. So, um, so as part of that, you'd you'd want to be able to show that you've um, you've taken 
leadership position in industry already at some level um, that you're con- you've you know got a history of of contributing um, and you know being a being a good operator obviously having some good good references um, helps whether that's on the farm or whether that's in a some agricultural business or, or, or connected to that so I guess a bit of a track record of of um, of doing good things um, in your community in the agricultural community broader and showing that that you can um, at least have some of the building blocks to be an agricultural leader as they, as they like to say okay and now uh, when so when did your uh, your trip your travels start what what date so we headed out um, in March this year, March 2017, and we actually, the, the little group of New Zealanders, um, we met in Argentina, went to an agricultural show there and just sort of got our heads around what, what was ahead of us. And then um, and then we went to Brazil and, uh, yeah, as I said, sort of eight-day conference followed by a, a tour of, of uh, five countries in, in, in six weeks. And that, that it's, they call it the Contemporary Scholars Program, where, where they get the 70 scholars together, which was in Brazil. And then the Global Focus Program is, is the six weeks, where, you know, traveling with a group. And that's a really interesting time because you're kind of living in each other's pockets for for these people that you've only really just met um, for six weeks. And uh, I just found that just tremendously um it was. I'll look back on that as one of my um, best experiences in life, actually, because you've got you're with people who are really just so um, focused and you know very high achievers in in agriculture, and then you're you're going out and visiting. You know, sometimes we would have three, four, five meetings or visits in a day um, from you know the farm gate, sorry, inside the farm gate, right through the supply chain to policymakers, politicians, and um, all all the rest of it. And you're just exposed to so much information, and you you debriefing each night over over dinner and a couple of beers, and you're doing the whole thing, same the next day and the day after that. And so it was a great great experience. Great. Now, does everybody, all 70 scholars, do they speak English or is that a requirement? Uh, yeah. So the so the presentations um, uh, at the Contemporary Scholars Conference are in English. Um, in Brazil, we, we did have some um, Portuguese speakers, so there was a little bit of translation at times. But uh, yeah, so I guess they're all English-speaking countries except for France, Um and you know there was three French scholars just there this year, and they, they spoke English as well. Okay, and so the, the first kind of five country tour, you're with a group of your fellow scholars, and then you said you went home for a bit, and now you're out on your own. Uh, in total, so far, how many countries have you visited since March? Uh, so, I've eight, eight so far. Okay, and, and in your yeah. your project, your agri innovation. Uh, sort of thesis paper that you're going to write at the end. Uh, did you have that selected before you applied? Yes, yeah, and that's part of your yeah part of your application. You need to um, describe in in some detail what you want to um, concentrate on, and I guess what the what the um, trustees of of Nuffield are looking for there is is you're going to contribute to the to the body of knowledge because there's there's actually a really great uh, database of previous um, research reports on the on the Nuffield website and that's covering a huge range of um, of territory um, and some some you know obviously um, some really thoughtful um, 
and you know at times some of it's the idea is your your um it's additionality so you some of it's provoking or so it's looking looking ahead sort of peering into the, in the into the mists of the future and and um trying to understand where agriculture is going and and what it what's going to be the things that are important great in, in in your eight countries you've been so far uh related to agri-innovation what what sort of takeaways or observances have you had uh that will that will lead to your thesis you think when you're done um yeah look i think the the first two parts um the the csc contemporary scholars conference and the gfp are very um very good and particularly the global focus program is 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 broad and you're covering you know a whole lot of different areas um different farming systems so um the the third part which i'm doing now is the individual part and that's where i really sort of get down to dig down to some depth um and so I've been through Chicago, Missouri, Wisconsin, across to Seattle, Washington State, and now down into the San Francisco Bay Area. So I've been really focusing on on my topic there, as well as as well as having a good look at the dairy country and seeing what's going on in the states here, which is which has been fantastic. And um, I guess one of the things, particularly from it's top of mind, of, you know, calling from San Francisco Bay Area, is just really the the um, this the structures and the and the way um, that um, you're thinking about innovation here um, and uh, and just really the, the energy and, and passion that, that people put into into it here and and um, I guess the kind of cycle that that these startups here go through is is really pretty enlightening and um, very very interesting for me. Yeah, you and I met at uh, the Mixing Bowl Food IT event in in Mountain View, and uh, I th- I thought you had some really enlightening comments. Kind of held up a mirror to to us as Americans when you kind of mentioned, boy, I just you got a good dose of sort of that American spirit, and I didn't know what you meant, and <laughs> and you kind of said, you know, you had these startups up on stage talking about revolutionizing multi billion dollar industries that you wouldn't necessarily hear stuff like that in in New Zealand. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I think. Um you know, I'm for me, my topic. I'm looking at innovation. What is, you know, what is, what is the um, the thing that makes a particular place or people um, innovative, and um, what what we can learn from that. So, you know, kind of, I guess, a bit more of a systems approach. What are the preconditions? What are the constraints? What what really makes it a tick? And um, I think I've learned a lot from from just observing what you do here. Um, but it is also it's a cultural context, isn't it? And I think um, the culture of of um, Americans that I've been exposed to are just you know it's extremely um, positive. It's 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 a, it's about saying you know why can't we do this rather than sort of looking for the obstacles and and you know like and, and I'm I'm a realist as well so I you know we know full well that sort of eight out of ten will fail but but then they will transform um, and and look at other ways of doing things and so. It's yeah, it's just it's um, very refreshing, I guess, energizing because you can you can sort of go around the world and and um, you know there's you know in some some parts of the world or or actually actually globally, you know farmers are doing it tough due to prices, due to pressure from different groups, due to um, you know problems with with finding good people, and these are all sort of global issues which every farmer you talk to um, are, you know are coming up against. Tell me more about uh, your agricultural background. Growing up in New Zealand, uh, what did that look like for you? And then uh, what does your operation look like currently? 
Yeah, so I grew up on a, a family farm, and it's a fourth generation farm, which is goes a, goes a wee way back in, in New Zealand. So yeah, really beautiful farm. Um, started out, great grandfather sort of came out from England and started out with draft horses actually. So we, we still find a lot of horseshoes around the farm, huh. and um, and then grandfather um, converted to. Um, sheep and cropping um, and then my dad converted to dairy in 1975 and my wife and I came back um, to the farm in, oh, five years ago and we've got two little girls, uh, Annabelle and, and Gabrielle, my wife's Yana, she's a, a lean consultant so she's she's doing some work with farmers actually, lean farms, her, 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 one of her um, businesses so um, yeah, we've we've got a thousand dairy cows um, on two hundred ninety hectares, um, with a bit of um, support land as well to grow our, our young stock and, and some cropping. Uh, we're mostly um, grass fed. We do have a bit of silage, grass silage, maize silage, and some meal which we which we feed our cows. Um, and we've got a yeah great team of six guys um, working on the on the dairy platforms running. That's actually two two dairy platforms. So. Uh, two two rotary sheds, fifty bale rotary sheds, and yeah, we've um, they're doing a great great job while I, I'm away, and so it's and my dad's also keeping an eye on things. But um, I guess that's another thing you've got to um, have your business, and it forces you to have your business um, and your farm in a, in a place where you can leave it for extended periods of time, and it's not going to fall over. So that's probably one of the big big challenges and, and taking on enough field it's a great opportunity but it's also a, a, a you know really big commitment to be away from your family um and your farm right have you been able to have any sort of involvement in, in day-to-day operations since uh, since you started this no um one of the things which um, we were told you know very early on is don't expect to try and run your farm from or your business while you're away um, people have tried to do that it's it's ended up in disaster so um you really need to be in a position where you sort of hand over the keys and and um and so we you know we've, i've got um the guys there's obviously in the in the days of technology there's quite a bit of information coming through um on the performance of the farm but also just checking on a regular basis um with the team and getting reports on what's happening we, at the moment our cows are dry so we've, we dry them off um so it's it's a quiet a period which which is quite good but um yeah, you, you do need to have your systems in place so you can keep an eye on things and make sure <laughs> decisions are still being made. But you can't really have your your hands on the on the business from um, from afar. Right. And so your your business model there is it similar to how a business model would look for a U.S. dairy in terms of your hedging milk selling to maybe a co-op that you're part of, or h- how does that part work? Yeah, so we um, it's a li- little bit different. Um, there is some farmers are, are getting into hedging, and I and I met with the guys in Chicago and sort of got got my head around that much more. We do a little bit of forward contracting ourselves in in um, on our farm, but we yeah we've there's a big a big cooperative. Fonterra is is our major cooperative. I think they pick up about 85 percent of New Zealand's milk. We are, we're shareholders in that in that cooperative, but we're actually um, supplying Open Country, which is a smaller player company, uh, private company, and there they've got about ten percent of the milk supply. So um, we're supplying them. They're they're making our milk into cheese um, powders, which are being sold around the world. 
the, I guess the difference in New Zealand is we export about 95% of our, our milk because we've got such a small domestic market. There's only 4.8 million people in New Zealand, so um, there's, there's not really a, a market to, to – well, you know, there's, there's a tiny market to sell into. Right. So what's, what's one thing in your, your travels so far that you think kind of something practical you're going to take back to your operation in New Zealand? Yeah, <laughs> the I guess one thing um, that I would well, there's quite a few things. I mean, particularly just where we've been today, and and uh, we're at the Forbes AgTech Summit yesterday, and there's some really fantastic technology that's that's being um, developed. Or, or um, I mean, there, there was one guy I met yesterday who has got a, a sensor which is literally the size of a matchbox, which he's um, which he says, you know, he can he can test a, a, a silage crop to see dry matter, protein, fat, etc. Um, I said, look, you've got to develop this to, to um, measure fresh grass. Um, yeah. So, you know, we we grass is our is our main thing. So we we're pasture managers. So we want to know the the components of our grass, the dry matter, fat and protein, um, me. Um, NDF, you know, all, all the things because it's, it's just uh, so fundamental to our system and uh, as a grass-based system. So, um, if I could take that back, that that would be that would be fantastic. Uh, but I guess um, I'm halfway through my study, so I've, there's there's many things that I've that I've seen, um, you know, which which I kind of I need to get my head around and say, look, okay, <laughs> there's a lot out there, but I need to focus in on this and, and this and this. So, um, yeah, I, I probably at this point I, I won't come down and say, look, this is this is going to be what I'll do. There's um, there's a th- few things um, I guess percolating away in my mind, which um, which could be really interesting for my business. Um, and yeah, we'll, I'll we'll talk more about that. <laughs> okay. No, that sounds that sounds good. I I think it makes sense to collect all the ideas and figure out what makes the most sense. Because uh, as much as we'd like to, you, you can't do them all. Um, your your yeah. your next stop, as I understand it, is you're leaving tomorrow to go to Ecuador. Is that right? Tonight, actually, yeah. Tonight. So I'm going to the um, AgTech um, summit here in Salinas today, and then driving driving back up and flying out of San Francisco to to Ecuador. And what's in store for you in Ecuador? So I'm actually really excited. I've got um, back on back in New Zealand. Um, one of our guys is, is from Ecuador, and um, he's got a he's been working with us for the last year on our dairy farm. Um, really fantastic guy, Raphael Wong's his name, and um, he's they've got a, a dairy, um, quite a large dairy unit in Ecuador, as well as big. Big banana production. I think they're sort of second or third in the, in the world um, for ban- banana production. So um, I'm heading out there to see his operation and and I guess just do the do the other side of the coin and and learn learn from him what what they're doing there. Um, and also we you know we'd like to see if we can foster some sort of arrangement where we get some some good people from his farm coming out to New Zealand helping us on our farm and in return we, we can do some training um, of them and. And our sort of our pasture-based systems, which is which is what he's wanting to to introduce uh, back in Ecuador. Very cool. And uh, and after after Ecuador, uh, what what are the other countries that that you can think of off the top of your head you're headed to before this scholarship is over? 
Yeah, so I'll head back um, for for carving um, after that. So back at back in NZ, um, help the guys what, help the guys carving? throughout throughout sort of our busiest period. We have a, a short period of um, sort of a couple of months where we carve all our all our cows. So you can have um, sort of thirty to forty carve a day, and and um, and you need to make sure that that's that sort of sets up your season. So that's got to be done right. Um, and then I'll head away and I'll go through China, uh, through Israel, through the UK, Ireland, France, and Belgium, and that will probably be that'll probably exhaust <laughs> from both, both the funds and myself by by the time I've done that. Wow, fantastic! Well, no, that I, when I uh, had the chance to meet you the other night, I I just thought this is so interesting. I've never heard of it. The fact that um, you know seventy people from around the world get to do this every year. And, and I know one of the reasons I think I'd never heard of it is because like you just said, you, you just have these four international spots recently opened to someone from the U S um, and the, and the first, I guess, U S scholar this year. So uh, those of us, I think about 70% of the listeners of this podcast are uh, in, in the U S or I, I rather in North America. And I know this is a, uh, this is open to Canadians. I think Canadians can actually be part of the 70, right? And then the U.S. could be one of the four international slots. Yeah, that's right. So Canada has has been um, in for a long time. Um, I think there was – I'm not sure how many scholars from Canada this year. But, um, yeah, so they've got a um, a long history in Nuffield. And, but in terms of the organisation of Nuffield, they are actually in a, in a growth phase. So they are looking to – um, you know where it makes sense. Um, adds, adds, or you know, welcome country, countries into the the Nuffield um, international um, fold, and so um, there may be it, it may be the the opportunity for the US to 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 come in. And I know there's some great um, agricultural leadership programs. Um, in place here, I understand sort of more domestic, but but with some time overseas as well. But um, we have a domestic leadership program in New Zealand as well. But this one is really about getting overseas and 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 really you know pushing people out and and learning about the world of agriculture outside your own country. So there may be an opportunity for for more people from the US to to um, become involved in the coming years. What a phenomenal program! How is it? How is it funded? What's the structure there? Yeah, so um, Nuffield comes from um, Lord Nuffield, <laughs> so he was an Englishman, and um, he he was really responsible for starting the um, motor car uh, industry in in the UK, and so he he actually when he when he started he he came out and visited Henry Ford, so obviously going back a few years, um, but really learnt about um, mass manufacturing of of motor cars, and then and then took took some of that that knowledge back to the UK and started up, um, developed Morris Motor Car Company and the Morris Miner and MG for, for those who are familiar with those cars. So he, he did all that um, and then he sort of later on thought that there was two really important things, agriculture and health, um, that he wanted to set up an endowment and he did so for both. So there's there's that endowment, um, which is the Nuffield Scholarship, and then in each country there's sponsors. So in New Zealand we have a, a group of uh, five sponsors, um, which are, which put in put in funding to to fund the scholarships. And are you documenting your journey? Is there any way we can follow along with you on Twitter, Instagram, any of those? 
Yes, yep, Twitter. Um, so Matt Hocken, um, um, I'm putting some things on Twitter there. We also write a report, uh, a monthly report, which I'm happy to, to send to you and and, um, and share that. And um, and as I said, there'll, there'll be a, a sort of a more detailed lengthy report in February 2018. And then there's a, there's a bit of a, a speaking tour um, after that to present our reports and uh, to those who are interested. Excellent. Matt, thank you so much. You're, you're taking time here early in the morning uh, before all your meetings today and then a flight to Ecuador tonight. I really, really appreciate this. It's been uh, it, it's been exciting to learn about this. Uh, you feel like you've kind of heard about everything that goes on in the industry and then you get hit with something like this. It's just uh, an amazing opportunity. So thank you very much for taking time to share it. No problem, Tim. Great, great to chat with you and really nice to meet you. Um, I hope we stay in touch. I know several of you have already left this podcast because you're going to apply to be a Nuffield Scholar. I know it's something that I, when I first heard of, thought, oh my gosh, I wonder if my wife would ever let me do something like that. And uh, I, I'm not sure I'm ready to broach that subject yet, but uh, certainly an extremely fascinating uh, opportunity to learn about agriculture all over the world. I haven't mentioned it in a while, but uh, I need to remind everybody that the Farm and Rural Ag Network is the network that this show is a part of. It's the the podcast network where you can find the top quality podcasts from around the agriculture and farming industries. Uh, also, we have recently added YouTubers to the lineup. So if you go to farmruralag.com, you can see our lineup of both podcasts and YouTubers, including uh, former Future of Agriculture podcast guest Matthew Sliger of Rice Farming TV. So we'd definitely encourage you to go check that out. Again, that's at farmruralag.com for the Farm and Rural Ag Network. I'm uh, going to read another podcast review from iTunes. Uh, really appreciate those of you who have been uh, taking the 30 seconds to rate and review the Future of Agriculture podcast on iTunes. Uh, this one here this week comes from my good buddy, Chad. He's at Hort4CY, and he could be found there on, I know, both Instagram and Twitter, probably every social media platform. Uh, very kind. I have to read this one because his title of his review is Tim is Awesome. <laughs> Appreciate that, Chad. Tim does a very good job, he says, uh, with this informative podcast. I really like the varying topics across agriculture. Have a listen. Appreciate you and appreciate everyone who has taken the 30 seconds to uh, rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It does help provide social proof for others that may be looking for quality content about the agriculture industry. And I am biased, but I think these stories that we bring you on this show are second to none uh, like Matt. So hope you enjoyed that. And we will certainly be back next week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Future of Agriculture podcast with Tim Hammerich. Visit aggrad.com, that's A-G-G-R-A-D.com today to get connected into careers in the agriculture industry. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.